Put you in my hall up in the middle of the wall. Here you're my one, my favorite, my and dio. And I'ma love you like a fool and breathe the wind. Oh, I hallucinate. your touch and no I can never have too much I'll breathe you in forever never hallucinate Don't wait, you can push the start. Just lose control. Kill me slowly with a kiss. Wanna feel your fingertips? Damn, I need another hit. Make me lose my eyes. I lose my mind when you look my way. Got stars in my eyes, and they don't fade when you come my way. That was a super dope song, wasn't it? And I am gonna make sure that it doesn't keep going. Welcome everyone to the Tori Sess Show. I'm your host, Tori. So I thought today I'd start with conspiracy theories <laughs> before we get into the meat of it. I just think we need to hat tip a couple of shows and whatever that are so way ahead of the game. Ugh. I hope you can hear me better now because it's important that we hat tip and see things, you know, that are a little bit different. And there's this episode that I can't help but be proud of that I think all of us should just take this clip and watch it. I mean, it is 9-11 tomorrow. Parchment, I swear that if I reveal the secrets of the stone cutters, may my stomach become bloated and my head be plucked of all but three hairs. Um, I think you should have to take a different oath. Everyone takes the same oath. Welcome to the club number 908. You have joined the sacred order of the stonecutters, who since ancient times have split the rocks of ignorance that obscure the light of knowledge and truth. Now let's all get drunk and play ping pong. Yeah! He's already kind of heavy, you know. Well, to be honest, I never got around to ordering that part for you, so uh, it's still going to be a couple of weeks. Oh, really? Yes. Really? Yes, yes. But what if I were to shake your hand in this wise? Wah, 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 Well, I didn't realize you were a member. <laughs> <laughs> so long, suckers. Same old space, huh, Dad? Yep, but they gave me these rollerblades so I can glide to the front door. Oh, 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 whoa. <laughs> Sweet. 
Jealous? Well, no, we've got the same chair. You're jealous. Your membership pack. What's this? You put that sticker on your car so you won't get any tickets. And this other one keeps paramedics from stealing your wallet while we're working on you. Oh, and don't bother calling 911 anymore. Here's the real number. Ooh. I still don't believe all the founding fathers were stonecutters. That's because you trust your stupid school books. Here's what really happened at the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And a nation is born. Now let us party like to a 1799. Please, sir, you're destroying my establishment. We just created the greatest democracy on earth, you low-life commoner. You want to see how Davy Crockett really died at the Alamo? You must be 18. Homer, a man who called himself You-Know-Who, just invited you to a secret wink-wink at the You-Know-What. You certainly are popular now that you're a stone cutter. Oh, yeah. Beer bust, beer blast, keggers, steinhoist, AA meetings, beer night. It's wonderful, Marge. I've never felt so accepted in all my life. These people look deep within my soul and assign me a number based on the order in which I joined. Who controls the British crown? Who keeps the metric system down? We do. We do. Who leads Atlantis off the maps? Who keeps the Martians under wraps? We do. We do. Who holds back the electric car? Who makes the Gutenberg a star? We do, we do. Who helps the fish of their sight? Who rigs every after night? We do, we do. So I just thought we could give a hat tip to the Simpsons. <laughs> It's so awesome. Mm -hmm. I just thought it would be great if you guys kind of took another perspective and indulged in what others may call a conspiracy theory and you may call, well, kind of like too much of a coincidence. And other things that are true facts, did you guys know that a couple of years ago, actually, it was in, um, I believe, July of 2017, NASA actually put out in a request. They were on the lookout for someone to protect the earth from an alien invasion. Did you guys know that? That was an actual thing. And that the US Space Agency is currently hiring a planetary protection officer and is offering a salary between 124,000 and 187,000 a year. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, there was a list of people that they thought would have some experience on the job, such as Sigourney Weaver. But seriously, Ellen Ripley, uh, you know, because I guess, you know, she was in the Alien franchise, right? These are things, <laughs> I'm dead serious. This is real stuff. Will Smith, you know, I'm dead serious. Now, why would they be hiring someone? In case of an alien invasion, I'm just saying. It would be an embarrassment anyway if anything like that happened now. September 11th, 
is known to us for many things. The Twin Towers, the devastation of lives and property. Benghazi, right? It's kind of the same thing over and over and over again. It was a 9-11 where people kind of realized that something's not right. It was the year that everyone believed that a plane, which is made of material that can break away with a flock of birds, cut through solid steel like butter. I mean, common sense would tell you that makes no sense. Makes no sense. Yet, for some reason, <laughs> everyone believed it. Everyone believed it. That an airplane can cut through solid steel-like butter. They also believed that Something happened in Building 7 was, was, was harmed in that collapse. I mean, obviously, we found out on March 25th, 2020 from the University of Alaska that was actually charged by Gitmo to do this whole analysis. It was determined that it was a controlled demolition. I mean, the documentation is there. And the day that came out, the judge at Gitmo that was responsible for actually holding trials for 9-11 retired himself. I'm just saying. So 9-11 hurts. You know what also sucks the most? Being someone like Bernie Carrick or, or, or Rudy Giuliani, who were mitigating a situation based on the information they were given, and they couldn't accept anything different at that point. You're just like, yo, I'm, I'm just trying to save people. This is my city. I got to work. And, and they're confused as well. Could you imagine? I'm just... Put, put yourself in that situation. You're like, there's no way a plane would actually cut through the building like butter. There's nothing that can fly in U.S. airspace without getting shot down, especially around New York, let alone ignoring calls from the Air Force and allowing not one but two to happen. So you're the, you're the mayor and you know this shit. You know that doesn't happen. But they still have to plow through and pick up the pieces. They have to plow through and pick up the pieces. Casualties will be more than any any of us can bear ultimately. And I don't think we want to speculate on the number of casualties. The effort now has to be to save as many people as possible. What a moment. Mayor Rudy Giuliani on September 11th, 20 years ago, speaking to reporters after the worst terror attack to ever take place on American soil. It was a very chaotic time in New York City, in the United States, and frankly, all around the world. So I want people to be aware of something because it really irritates me when I see people saying Rudy Giuliani lied. Did he? You think they told him? You think they told him what's up? At that point, his job is to save a city because he has no clue what is going on. He just knows the buildings are falling. They're telling me it's planes. They're telling me it's a terrorist attack. Looks like a war. You know, Bush is coming in all relaxed after reading stories and spelling stuff. And I really don't have time to find out what's going on. I need to fix the problem. That's number one. Number two, 
for all you out there. Well, he found out later. I mean, and, and tell me what would have happened. Let me tell you what that timeline looks like. Well, I found out, no, 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 no. Oh, he had a psychotic break because of the fall of the Twin Towers. Let's get him out of office. Let's lock him up in a psych ward because he's lost his mind. End of story. So for all of you out there giving your narratives, you can suck it. On 9-11, and Mayor Giuliani rose to the occasion and helped guide the city, the state, the nation through a very horrific moment. And Mayor Giuliani joins me now to talk about that. Sir, thank you so much for coming on. Good to see you again. No, thank you. Thank you for doing this. It, it really is important for people to remember. It absolutely is. Talk, talk about a moment, uh, you know, that really nobody could have ever been prepared for. Uh, you're, you're running the city of New York. How did you know what to do in those days after 9-11? Uh, well, you know, I have to tell you, Rob, I thought I was prepared for everything <laughs> because I had been mayor for seven and three quarters of years. I'd been through plane crashes, building collapses, yeah. hostage situations, uh, everything imaginable. And then uh, when I arrived at the site of the World Trade Center, and I was right below it, literally right below it, and I saw a man jump out of the 100th floor, 101st floor, yeah. I knew that uh, we were going through something that was uh, way beyond anything we had ever handled and way beyond our capability. So I, I told my police commissioner, Bernie, we're going to have to go with our instincts, make decisions quickly because we can't delay people, but we're going to have to pray to God to make them right because I'm not sure we're going to know exactly what to do. And I just uh, tried to use my reason uh, and my good people and their advice. I had great people. And the governor was, was terrific. I mean, he was, we literally were joined together for two and a half months. We, he put our two governments together. None of this like you saw during the pandemic with uh, Bi uh, not Biden, uh, Cuomo and uh, de Blasio fighting with sure. each other. No, we, we were together to make every decision together, our staffs. So there never was a delay. And then by five o'clock that afternoon, President Bush gave us FEMA and put it under our jurisdiction. So we had a singular command. And I have to tell you that that's what made it work. That's what made it work. Do you, do you think that New York... Did New York City ever fully recover from 9/11? Yeah, New York City recovered from 9/11. Okay, I'll tell you. Uh, I'll tell you. You want one measure of that? So, in the days after, both the governor and I were very concerned that people wouldn't return. Both the businesses and the residences wouldn't return, and the first couple of businesses really gave us trouble. And then American Express and Merrill Lynch, everybody should say God bless them, decided we're coming back. No bull, we're coming back. And when they did that, it helped to turn it a little. It was hard to get people back. So let's fast forward to last year at this time. Two and a half times more people live there and work there than before September 11. It's become one of the more productive parts of the city. Um, yeah, the city absorbed it, and they did what I asked them to do. Right. I told them we're going to go through a terrible time, but we have to come out of it stronger than we came into it. And the city came out of it stronger until the setbacks that we've endured. Sure. Because we really, we really don't have, I, I, horrible to say this, but we really don't have a mayor. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's, uh, you're not wrong about that. One final question uh, quickly here. How long did it take after 9-11? How long did it take until it didn't really hurt anymore? 
you know, when you thought oh. about it? Did that ever happen? Because I, I think never. for a lot of people, it was just a wound never, of soul. Never, never. This day, the day coming up is one that I always dreaded. Yeah. And then by the evening, I kind of uh, look forward to it because I, I have a dinner with all my people on this evening. And so we get together and we remember the heroism during the dinner. But, but this one is going to be the worst of all. Without any doubt, it will be the worst of all because of what the president did to us. Uh, having those soldiers killed and, and Marines, putting the Taliban back in charge of Afghanistan. And one of the guys in the Taliban is wanted by the FBI with a $10 million reward. And that guy's making decisions about what Americans can return. Mm -hmm. And you know they're making plans to come and kill us again. The only person stupid enough not to know that is the president and the people around them. They put it. They have put us in grave jeopardy. Um, we're back where we were, but worse. And it's all the making of, of one incompetent human being. Sad to say, I agree with you on that, sir. And uh, I really do appreciate you coming on and taking the time. I, it's it's astonishing. It's been twenty years, and we thank oh, you God so bless, much. Bro. We'll get we'll get through this yeah. too. It's a great country. Absolutely, it is a great country, Beautiful. and we thank you so much. It's better because of you. Thank, you. thank you, sir. Good to see you. You know what sucks is that a lot of people have comments to make. Oh, they hold off. They hauled off the evidence. I'm still seeing comment. Well, Building 7 felt like a demolition. Well, if you were on top of things, you'd know that there was an actual report that confirmed that because that was actually requested. And that actually was confirmed on March 25th, 2020. So it wasn't like a controlled demolition. It was. Wait till you find out the rest. For those of you criticizing him, think how they crush you when you open your mouth. You think it only happens now? You think it didn't happen then? Please. Please. Now, people are awake. They don't trust the media. If someone told you he had a mental breakdown because of the 9-11 towers and he has this crazy idea that his own nation might have orchestrated something so horrible, you would have fucking ate that up like it was the best soup ever. You would have glopped it up. That's the way it is. So when people sit there and say things, you aren't at a capacity to even make decisions that handle information like that. Because you have to live with that. And he's been fighting ever since. Regardless. Regardless of what you think. And that's why he's fighting now. And this is why people that know fight and they fight the battles they can to win the war. So please keep your comments that are so minuscule in this whole picture. Ugh, it makes me sick to my stomach because people don't understand it's 2021. You don't understand it anymore. Really? Here's Bernie Carrick talking about it. He was the New York City commissioner. There with the sirens on, and we could get glimpses of the tower, and the fires seemed much worse than would be caused by a twin-engine plane. I called Mayor Giuliani, and he was already on the way to the scene. So basically, we closed down the bridges, the tunnels, and we turned them into a one-way street. Just in case it was a terrorist attack, we would cut off anybody coming into the city. 
Mayor Giuliani told me he would meet me at the World Trade Center Tower 7, which was directly across the street from Tower 1. And that's where our command center was, our emergency command center for the city. All right, that's a sneak peek of tonight's premiere of 9-11, the day that shook the world. You saw there some of the appearances that will happen in that. New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani, former FDNY Commissioner Tom Van Essen, and our next guest, former NYPD Commissioner Bernie Carrick, who joins us now. Commissioner, good to see you. Thanks, Sean. So, Commissioner, you know, we have seen so many acts of heroism and courage on that day. When we look back, you saw them in person. Were the police officers who were going to the scene and helping people, were you telling them to do that? Or were they taking that initiative upon themselves? Well, listen, there's policies and procedures in place for just about every crisis under the sun in New York City. We never anticipated somebody would fly two planes into the towers using them as torpedoes. But the cops, the firemen, Port Authority police, they did what they had trained to do for years. You know, Rudy Giuliani created the Office of Emergency Management in 1996. And from that point forward, we constantly trained doing tabletop exercises and mock drills and everything un under the sun, anything you could imagine. And it all went into play on the morning of September 11th. It's amazing um, how that happened. You know, it's interesting. There's so many of the actions that you took saved countless lives, frankly, including evacuating so many of these buildings in Manhattan. I, I, it's interesting. You know, that's one of those decisions that I think sometimes at the time you go, I hope I'm right about this, that I'm telling all of these people in uh, in such a financial area, a district to evacuate. It's probably going to cost millions and millions of dollars. But you saved countless lives. How did you have the foresight to make that decision? You know what, Sean? We didn't know. We had no idea what was going on in the rest of the country um, after the second plane hit Tower 2. I, I was When the second plane slammed through the north side of that building, I was standing in front of the building. At that point, I knew we were under attack, and I started calling out for the evacuation of City Hall, police headquarters, the Empire State Building, the UN, any other building that I thought there could be a possible attack. I didn't know if there were more planes. I didn't know if the mass transit system, the subway system was going to be a target. Um, we didn't know if they planned ground attacks. But obviously, this was a major attack on America. And it's, and, you know, it's funny. Today is the first time I ever heard this. The mayor uh, reminded me today that he kept calling me and saying, listen, you know, you should evacuate the U.N. And I said, I got it done. You should evacuate the Empire State Building done. Um, you know what? It, it, we were a good team. We got the job done. But I, I just want to remind your viewers, Sean, and, and I'll say this until the day I die. The men and women of the NYPD, the fire department and the Port Authority police affected the greatest rescue mission in the history of this country. They took 20 to 25,000 people out of those buildings and the surrounding buildings, but they evacuated almost a million people, probably just over a million people out of Southern Manhattan into the four boroughs and into New Jersey, which has never ever been done before in this country.
It was a miracle, that type of evacuation. You know, Commissioner, after those planes hit the towers, you had to deal with so many different things that you've been discussing. When you look back on that fateful day, is there a moment that stands out to you uh, in your mind? There's two. Um, arriving at Vesey Street, uh, trying to get into the command center, watching this debris come down from Tower 1 and then realizing as the debris got closer to the ground that it was it was bodies, uh, it was people that was jumping. And I watched probably close to two dozen people jump to their death just over a few minutes, three or four minutes. And then when I had to go in to talk to the families that night around five o'clock that evening, my first deputy, uh, Joe Dunn, put all of the families into one room, an auditorium in police headquarters. And I had to go in and tell them that their loved ones were missing. I lost 23. The fire department lost 343 and the Port Authority police lost 37. Um, in the few seconds that we have left, what are you going to do tomorrow to sell, to commemorate the, the 20th anniversary? I'll, uh, I'll be leaving early in the morning. I'll be going downtown with uh, Mayor Giuliani and some other members of the team that was with us on September 11th, uh, as we have done uh, over the last many, many years. Commissioner, uh, I know tomorrow is going to be much harder because it is this 20th anniversary. I hope that every cop that you see, you thank them on behalf of us. I know you probably thank them every day anyway, but their bravery continues to stand out. As you mentioned, them, the FDNY, the Port Authority. So thank you for the service that you led on that day. Sean, and, and one thing, thanks for the coverage tonight, especially Andy Card's interview was phenomenal, was phenomenal. Well, There's you. stuff in there that, that every American should know about. I agree. Thank you, sir. We'll see you soon. Dang. Did he just say, are you going to sell it? And then he changed it? Celebrate 9-11? <laughs> wow. So tomorrow's 9-11. Gives us time to reflect. 20 years. Two decades went by. And what? And what? Where are we? Well, we're awake this time. Where are we? We scrutinize everything. Where are we? Our nation is now completely under attack by people that claim to adore this nation and support this nation and work for this nation. And we're under attack. So on that note, I wanted to take a little break and play a little song in memory of all of those people that passed. May God forgive us. Oh, may God forgive us. For the things we've done and left undone for the ways we've wandered from your heart Forgive us, we pray Forgive us, we pray For the idols we put on your throne For the loves we choose above your own. Forgive 
We grieve together for every mother and father, sister and brother, son and daughter who was stolen from us at the Twin Towers, the Pentagon, and here in this Pennsylvania field. We honor their sacrifice by pledging to never flinch in the face of evil and to do whatever it takes to keep America safe. In the wake of the September 11th attacks, courageous Americans raced into smoke, fire, and debris in Lower Manhattan, the Pentagon, and a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. The whole world witnessed the might and resilience of our nation in the extraordinary men and women of the New York Fire Department and the New York Police Department. Earlier this year, we fully reauthorized the Victims' Compensation Fund to the tune of billions and billions of dollars. When the World Trade Center came down, I saw something that no place on Earth could have handled more beautifully, more humanely than New York. And the cleanup started the next day, and it was the most horrific cleanup probably in the history of doing this and in construction. I was down there, and I've never seen anything like it. I've seen two huge 110-story buildings that are reduced to rubble, thousands and thousands of lives. I just got to see something that I've never seen before. I have hundreds of men inside working right now, and we're bringing down another 125 in a little while, and they've never done work like this before. We come here in the knowledge that we cannot erase the pain or reverse the evil of that dark and wretched day. But we offer you all that we have, our unwavering loyalty, our undying devotion, and our eternal pledge that your loved ones will never, ever be forgotten. How interesting. That sounds presidential. 
That sounds like the president of the United States talking, doesn't it? This is what we need to remember. Every single time, today, tomorrow, a week from now, a year from now, a month from now, two years from now, November 2022, we need to remember things that, um, that we know are true. I have started approaching life in a different manner when I thought I had understood how remedial humankind is. And because if you humble yourself to what you consider remedial, you realize where the genius lies in it. And you realize just what matters. And I say this all the time on air to my children, friends. Hold on to the things that you know are true and those that resonate with your gut. Your gut can never steer you wrong. Therefore, when you desire an outcome, you must already know what outcome it is you want. You can't just say, I just want things to be back to normal. What does that mean? Define it. Define it and demand it. Because, you know, <laughs> there's so many people out there writing articles, creating content, news, that are telling people how things are going to happen when they don't really know. Why? I've said this for years on air before all this shit storm happened. You can't treat humans as a static variable or any variable. They're a node. Humans are a node. And you cannot predict. The one thing that you can hold is true when it comes to humankind is that they unite when it is required. Anyone telling you that some massive miracle is going to happen and it's all going to go away in a month or whoa, wait till Christmas or whoa, wait to this is bullshitting you. They are. You remember how hard in stories you see it and in movies, Bible stories, you name it. They all go through hell, lose family, loved ones. And then they come up to a river and they're like, shit, we're trapped. Holy crap. But we tried so hard, you know, they don't, they're like, all right, can we swim? Like, oh, the waters are raging. And then suddenly the waters part and you're like, yeah, okay. That nobody could foresee. Like if I was to tell you, yo, let's go down to the river, right? And we want to cross the Mississippi and, you know, I'm like, oh, you don't need your bathing suit. Don't worry. We're going to go through half of you would turn around. So no one said that. No one said, I'll part the river. They just said half faith. And the rivers will part. You do your part. And when the really hard shit happens, there's a step in. But if you're not doing anything, do not expect someone to come and save you. And now many will say, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'll tell you something. I fucked up today. And I'll explain it. I'm okay with it. I mean, whatever. I'm a hot mess. I'm doing a million things. And you know what? This mess up, no big deal. I mean, it's, it is what it is, whatever, right? It's whatever. 
I kid you not. Like I messed up so bad, but it's all right. I mean, I, you know what I thought to my, hmm. it's okay. Oops. We don't listen to the news sometimes and we don't pay attention to things that are actually happening. I'm going to direct you to this report. Um, it's a report from about a year ago, I think, or maybe two. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was 2018 when he did that. Okay. I want you guys to listen to this report and listen to what this person is saying. Okay. It's a minute clip. Just listen carefully. Rapture. Court documents reveal some pretty strange behavior from a popular Bay Area death metal guitarist just before his house went up in flames. News Channel 8's Victoria Price has this new information for us tonight. She is in our Tampa newsroom. Well, Keith, it turns out that after that fire, investigators sifted through all the damage to find a huge stockpile of weapons. Oh, that's it, it crazy. Was pop, 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 pop. That's how a neighbor described the scene as Pat O'Brien's Northdale home went up in flames last week. O'Brien is the lead guitarist for Cannibal Corpse, a popular Tampa-based death metal band. On December 10th, firefighters showed up to find ammunition exploding inside the home. Meanwhile, investigators say O'Brien broke into a house a few doors down, refused to leave, and told his neighbors the rapture is coming. Court documents show O'Brien also made strange phone calls to his parents earlier that day, telling them, quote, the aliens have landed. An across-the-street neighbor who knows him said that he does have a flamethrower or something, whatever that, you know, and that he practices with it. A search warrant reveals investigators found flame-throwing devices both inside and outside the home the night of the fire. The next day, they seized 160 guns, gun parts, and boxes of ammo. The barrel of at least one confiscated shotgun had illegally been sawed off. O'Brien is not the owner of the property, according to tax records, but appears to be renting it. He is now out on bond. Eight on your side stopped by his other address Tuesday, but no one came to the door. Right now, O'Brien is charged with burglary of an occupied dwelling with assault and aggravated assault on a law enforcement officer. Live in the Tampa News Center, Victoria Price, News Channel 8. All right, thank you, Victoria. All right, so let's break down that story. His house caught on fire. He, he said that the aliens have landed. It's all over. There's a rapture coming. His house was on fire. So he had a lot of guns. So what? Kind of jealous of the stock that he has. Why not? He has a flamethrower. Who the fuck wouldn't? How much fun would it be to have a flamethrower and be in your backyard and play with that shit? I'm just saying. Like, okay, he had weapons. He's in Florida. He's a dude. He's got weapons and a flamethrower. Again, who doesn't want to play with flamethrowers? I'm just saying. His house caught fire. That That's why there was pop, pop, pop. Oh, and I heard from someone that he has a flamethrower and he practices with it. It's like, oh, shut up, Karen. Get a little life. Have fun. So it's super fun. I don't know if you guys have ever played with a flamethrower. Damn. Suddenly you turn into a pyromaniac. It's actually kind of fun. But I, I'm, I'm, I wanted you to pay attention to what he said. And... You know, it just so happened that his house was on fire. But what he said, I'm just saying that and who he is. Just, I wanted to throw it out there. Let that percolate just a little bit. Let it sit. No big deal. Just what he said. So let's get down to some good stuff. So uh, let me let you, let me give you an update on my case. 
So you guys know that I filed a pro se federal lawsuit suing my daughter's school board for violating her civil rights and my civil rights by enforcing or <laughs> not enforcing by saying that everybody has to wear facial coverings that do not save you from anything, right? Maybe dust, right? But nothing more than that. And um, so I went to court, felt a little bit beat up. I've already talked about that. I still don't have access to an electronic filing system. I had filed a response requesting the judge to do that in writing um, based on the oral motion where I asked him to issue the order. Because apparently if you're a citizen, you have to ask permission. And um, uh, apparently uh, when I had my hearing, um, I had emailed all these documents. The lawyers for uh, the two lawyers at the time, first it was one, then it became two. Two lawyers received those documents, um, but apparently the judge didn't. So I um, emailed, I emailed uh, the judge's office and uh, kind of asked, hey, why aren't the documents that I emailed on the docket? And so the clerk tells me, um, Ms. Maris, I didn't get them. I was like, mm, that's weird, because she was on the same email where everybody else got them. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to make it there for 3.30 and file them again. Uh, so uh, are you sure you didn't get them? I'll forward you the email again. So I did. I forwarded that email from another one and sent it to her. And she was like, oh, now I see where it went. It went into spam. I'm like, but she got one of the two emails, but she didn't get that one. Super weird. Okay. So it wasn't on the docket, which I pretty much point out that they didn't do their job. You know, this big law firm messed up. You know, I was spanking them. Now it's on the docket, right? Now it's on the docket because I actually handed them over. But just so you guys know, before I went to hand them over, I had to print out documentation because I had to get it notarized because I was filing a writ of mandamus in the Supreme Court of Ohio, um, which was accepted and filed. And I have a case number now. So this rig mandamus is really important. I want to walk you through to this insane constitutional article uh, section of the of Article One of the Ohio Constitution that blew my mind when I ran through it. And I need to walk you through it so you understand it, and that you also understand what a rig mandamus is. Now, having said that, since I was filing so many things, I may have accidentally made myself look dumb by um, throwing in documentation that didn't belong, which was part of the Supreme Court case, because I was at the UPS store filing so many things. I believe that on one of the documents, um, well, it had the uh, exhibits for um, for my for my writ of mandamus, um, but it also had the verified petition for writ of mandamus, and it has stuff written on it, which is like drop off documents to federal court, school pictures, e-file writ, phone call, biscuits, vet, scribbled on the document. So it was a, a scrap document. Um, so I looked kind of um, 
I look dumb, but you know, nevertheless, dumb or not, it's in there. It doesn't belong in there, but it's in there because it's a very compelling argument and you'll see why. Because, you know, I saw a lot of people in the chat saying things like, um, you know, I don't see a signature. Here come out all the experts. And it's like, what do you mean you don't see a signature? It was just filed. Oh, well, who cares if she filed it? And it's like, you're not doing shit. You're sitting there talking. So I really want to call this person out, but I won't. These are the people that tell you that they know the plan. They don't know shit. So a written mandamus is, uh, uh, um, it's like asking the court to force someone to do their job. And here's why I asked the court to make Governor DeWine do his job. Now, normally writs of mandamus cannot be used to remove people because, you know, there's other ways of impeaching people and removing it. I don't have the time to go collect signatures and get him the fuck out. And it's not only DeWine that hasn't done his job. It's every single fucker that is elected right now, especially your legislators, which whose job is to legislate and no legislation. So let me explain. So I was upset. And as you can see here, it says Ohio laws and administrative rules. When I get upset <clears throat> or am I looking at, and I'm looking at something, I click things sometimes just to change the scene to keep me focused. It's like a thing I do. So I was looking for this one. The enumeration of rights should not be construed to impair, deny others, retained by the people and all powers. This was for my case. But then I did this and this and this, you know, I was just doing that inalienable rights, blah, blah, just clicking through. And it had stopped here. And I read this healthcare system. It was like this on my screen. It was just showing healthcare system. So as I'm on the phone with friends and patriots, <laughs> they're talking, I'm not listening. And I'm like looking and I'm like, wait a minute, what, wait, what is this? I see the word compel. I see the world, the word healthcare data. And I see the word punish or discourage, you know, rights. These are the words that popped out out of the screen into my face. And I'm like, wait a minute what? So I'm sitting there paying attention to this. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is in the constitution. What the hell is this? So I read the title preservation of the freedom to choose healthcare and healthcare coverage. And I'm like, Oh, that's such a weird law to have considering Obamacare is alive and well. And people in the state of Ohio definitely paid a fine if they didn't have health insurance. Why the fuck hasn't anyone implemented this shit? right? Why hasn't anyone in Ohio or like the attorney general said, holy crap, you can't find anyone that's an Ohio resident for not having insurance because our constitution says the fuck so, right? Okay. So I'm like, Whoa. but then as I look at it, I'm like, wait a minute, let me read it a little bit closer. So, you know, I'm just like, I just breathe in really, really, <laughs> really weirdly on the phone. I was actually asked, what are you doing? Uh, so, so no federal, state, or local law or rule shall compel directly or indirectly any person 
employer or healthcare provider to participate in a healthcare system. Shall I repeat that? No federal, state, or local law or rule can compel directly or indirectly any person, employer, or healthcare provider to participate in a healthcare system. So I'm like, wait, um, let me look at the law. Because when you write a law, you have to define what the fuck those words mean. So then it's a pretty small one. I go down. Who? Let's see. What does compel mean? Compel means to levy penalties or fines. Like you get, you get a penalty or a fine. But then you're just like, yeah, what does that mean? Like a ticket, money, you don't get a cookie. Here's the next definition. Penalty or fine means any civil or criminal penalty or fine, tax, Obamacare tax, right? Salary or wage withholding, like mm, you're not going to get paid for work since you're not vaccinated. You know, that kind of stuff. Or surcharge or any named fee established by law or rule by a government established, created, or controlled agency, listen to this, that is used to punish or discourage the exercise of rights protected under the section. Stop. What? So you're saying if any government established, created, or controlled agency is used to punish or discourage, it's it's an or, these are all or. So this could be private, this could be taxes, salaries, wage withholding, just anything, right? Not able to get a job, not able to the right to education, not able to fucking shop at the supermarket, not able to do anything. You're being punished or discouraged to exercise your rights. Are you paying attention to what I'm telling you? So the definitions right there, we're like, holy crap. All right, so nobody can force me to enter to 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 choose a healthcare uh, healthcare healthcare and healthcare coverage. So I have the right to choose my healthcare how I want how I want my healthcare, and I have the right to choose my healthcare coverage. I mean, Obamacare. Seriously, where are all these fuckers in Ohio? Like, none of you saw this shit. How many graduates of law? went through school reading every single piece of the constitution. Everybody skipped this shit, you know, for the past 10 years. Come on, come get out of here. Having said that, the title doesn't really tell you about all this shit here, but then here's where it gets incredible. I'm like, this had to be someone that could tell the future. Healthcare system. Let's define that because that's where the money is. Healthcare system means any public or private entity. That means, I don't know, health department or Cleveland Clinic or programs whose function or purpose includes the management of, processing of, enrollment of individuals for, or payment for, in full or in part, healthcare services, healthcare data, or healthcare information for its participants. So basically, every fucking thing that has to do with healthcare. So are you a public or private entity whose function or purpose includes healthcare services? That would be hospitals, clinics, dentists, masseuses maybe, Chinese medicine, whatever. 
Are you a public or private entity or program whose function or purpose is the management of processing or enrollment of individuals? So insurance companies processing enrollment into some insurance or whatever, or payment in full so we can go Medicare, Medicaid, Ohio, uh, uh, you know, Medicaid, right? Everything, right? Are you, this is covered means any public or private entity or program whose function or purpose includes huh, the management of healthcare data. Oh, you mean like contact fucking tracing? Oh, you mean like who's vaccinated and who's not? Oh, okay. Healthcare information on its participant, like your school, how it takes this. But on top of that, healthcare services and healthcare data falls into schools. Don't they compel you to get vaccines? Don't they compel you to provide healthcare data or healthcare information? Either that be directly or indirectly, any person, employer, healthcare. Pro I'm just pointing this out. I'm just pointing this out. So again, this covers nursing homes, hospitals, clinics, the Ohio Department of Health, the Board of Fucking Education, everybody and their mother who takes your temperature at the door, they're not allowed to do that. The people that are taking your name for contact tracing, it's unconstitutional in the state of Ohio. Forcing someone to participate in a healthcare system like wearing a protective mask on your face, not allowed in Ohio. It is unconstitutional. Forcing you to take a vaccine, definitely fucking unconstitutional because you get penalties like you don't have a job. I want you to pay attention to what I just pointed out to you. Therefore, no one has argued this law. Like I asked a bunch of people from Ohio, yo, find me any case about this shit. And the only case they found was this guy that was on probation and they, and the judge ordered, you're not allowed to have to get your girlfriend pregnant. Like what the fuck kind of, first of all, who does this judge think he is? Okay. Maybe this guy is, you know, making a shit ton of babies, whatever. I'm just saying that's the only time we found it. And he won the argument that that was unconstitutional because that was considered forcing him to participate in a healthcare system. So I just want you to pay attention. This is massive for the people of Ohio. This is massive. And it was, it, you know, it was when we were <laughs> I was frustrated, chain smoking, watching my screen. And it's just like, you know, I, giving you a full visual. I'm in this, on this little white stool. I'm hunched over my desk. My lighter just fell between my legs. I had been clicking like crazy. I've got a headset in my ear with one phone and the other phone's blowing up, <laughs> asking me to send things. And people are talking. I'm, I'm trying to focus on the talking while I'm trying to send documents to the other device. And then I raise up my head to light my cigarette and I suddenly see those magic words, right? Compel healthcare data and punish. And I'm like, wait, what? What is this? And I'm like, that totally clicked. It went click, 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 click. And it's like I was heavy breathing. Like I was exercising on my desk. And I was like, why are you breathing like that? I'm like, um, hold on. I'm looking at something. So I actually brought this up in my court case too. And this is the one that made the judge kind of cock his head like, wait a minute. 
um, wait a minute, you know, where he kind of had like his own sidebar himself. And he was like, wait a minute, what just happened? He was like, oh, I, I didn't see that. I didn't, I didn't know that. I said, they're forcing my kid to participate in the healthcare system with their stupid masks and the quarantine shit. And then the contact, oh, we just want kids to wear masks to be safe. Because if they're not wearing masks, we need to quarantine them. It's like, who the fuck are you to quarantine my kid? Why are you contact tracing? You have just, and let's use the words of the court, of the, of the law here. You have just directly compelled me to participate in a healthcare system, which includes healthcare data and information. First of all, I'm not a doctor of the school, but oh, we're not doing this. The health department, fuck the health department. They can't compel me to do this. Constitution says no federal, no state, no local law or rule shall compel. I don't see any exception for vaginas, viruses, no viruses, stealing election. I don't see any exclusions. Let, let's, let's zoom out and see if there are any exclusions together. Let's just zoom out right now. Ah, no fucking exclusions right there. Hmm. Look what it says. This section does not affect laws or rules that which for the healthcare provider or hospital to provide. Okay. It, it, it this section does not affect, look at this. Look, 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 look. Terms and conditions of government employment or affect any laws calculated to deter fraud or punish wrongdoing in the healthcare industry. Now, think of it this way. Affect terms and conditions of government employment. So it doesn't affect the rules in effect, right? As March 19, 20, 2010, that affect terms and conditions of government employment. So the government has the right in certain specific rules that were in effect then to have an exclusion to the compelling part. I believe it was the rules that they were referring to had to do with like military installations and biohazard shit, if I'm not mistaken. So, and then it says about providers, um, the services, uh, it doesn't affect which services a provider or hospitals required to perform or provide. So <clears throat> they can't compel this. This doesn't apply to compelling services to healthcare providers. Look, this is, this is a pretty much straight out. That's it. It's done. It's done. It's finished. They're toast. If the governor of Ohio was to issue this, there would be no mask mandates. They wouldn't be able to enforce quarantine and fuck if they're allowed to have vaccine passports and force vaccines. They will not be able to. No teacher has to, right? No state employee has to. You definitely know Walmart people don't have to. And I'm going to tell you why that's important. I'm going to have you listen to something. Just listen. And then we're going to listen to the words again. Just listen. Why is it that you're trying to require anybody with a job or anybody who goes to school to get the COVID-19 vaccine, but you are not requiring that of migrants that continue walking across the southern border into the country? So great question. You're forcing vaccines on people to have a job, but not illegal aliens that are crossing the border. Fantastic question. 
Well, look, our objective is to get as many people vaccinated across the country as humanly possible. And so the president's announcement yesterday was an effort to empower businesses, to give businesses the tools to protect their workforces. All right, there you go. That's it. So the objective yesterday is just to get people vaccinated, right? And we want to help the employers have the tools to protect their workforce. Huh. Let me let me put that on the screen. Tools to protect their workforce. All right. So let's words are important. She just told you exactly what the plan is. I'm posting it in the chat, right? What the plan is is that they are putting tools to protect their workforce. Please think about that for a second. I'll give it a good 30 seconds of thinking. Is that good for you guys? 30 seconds? Let's give 30 seconds. I want you to stare at those words. I really like that timer. So Walmart is now saying all of you employees must be vaccinated or you're fired because we have the authority to do so in the Department of Labor, except in the state of Ohio, because it is constitutional. So they really can't do it. But let's just talk for the rest of the 49 states where we haven't found these little loopholes. Right. Um, you are all going to be vaccinated or else no job. You're fired. Department of Labor said so. So then, you know, a month later, everybody working at Walmart is all vaccinated. Hey, guys, you got your vaccine? Yep, I'm up for my 10th booster. <gasps> Shut up. And they're going to be having booster parties and shit. Okay, so all of them are vaccinated. I'm sorry, you cannot enter the premises of Walmart without presenting your COVID-19 vaccination status. Yeah, you can't do that. That's illegal. I'm sorry. We have the tools to protect our workforce. Home Depot. Hey, everybody get vaccinated. You're fired. Department's labor is letting us fire everybody if you're not vaccinated. Suddenly, everyone's vaccinated. Yo, Tim, you putting out those Christmas trees? Totally am. But I'm going to get my booster first. Yay. Customer comes to the door. I'm sorry, please show status of your COVID-19 vaccination status to enter the premises. I'm sorry, this is America. You don't have the right to see my health care. We have the tools to protect our workforce. Do you see how that works? Do you see how that works? That's how it works. That is how it works. That is how it works. We are giving the private businesses tools to protect their workforce. Fuck HIPAA. We're protecting our workforce. We have that right. 
No, you don't. Well, maybe you need to read the details of the Affordable Care Act. Ha! Losers. Oh, everybody deserves free health care, but we haven't read it. Just sign it and we just put it into law and then read it. See, that's how it works. So whoever did this in 2011, they deserve a trophy. I am going to spend time tomorrow while my car is driving me on some highway as I get shit done to find out who did this. And if they're dead, I'm going to their grave and I'm going to say thank you because this is very important for the state of Ohio. And I hope in my heart that there are others like this in your state. You need to take a look at your state constitution. State Some constitutions in every state are very, very small. You can read it. Read it. Find the definitions. Define it. Look at this. It clearly states they're not allowed to penalize you for not participating in a health care program. So Walmart can suck it in Ohio. They just can't do business here. So having said that, that's what a writ of mandamus is. The writ of mandamus is basically telling the Supreme Court, hey, I need you to make the governor do his job. Now, having said that, there have been cases where, um, you know, governors challenge people that force them. Like there was an Ohio case where someone forced the governor of Ohio. And this is like a hundred years ago. Yo, you know, the lieutenant governor's gone. You need to freaking appoint one. You haven't appointed one. Like, what are you doing? So the guy, he's like, yo, the governor's not doing his job. He's supposed to appoint lieutenant governor. And, you know, the, the, the judge was like, look, you know, we have a separation of powers. Nah, nah, nah. If it's something that's a no brainer, that's something that's important that he has to do, then so be it. You know, the court can compel him. Okay. The court can compel him. Um, but it has, it's all dependent on the situation. You're not always awarded this. For me, it's like, yo, fucking Ohio constitution right there. Like what's going on? This is violating constitution. Motherfucker doing the vaccinillions, right? bribing people, right? But the mask mandates, the forced vaccinations, the contact tracing, all that shit is against the Ohio state constitution. You need to fix that. You need to like, um, hello, make him do it. So I'll tell you what I requested from the court. Okay. I'll tell you what I requested. First of all, I requested that all of this gets stopped, that he, you know, makes everything stop and forces the wine to do his job. So while filing my writ that was verified that I signed, you know, with someone, I also provide um, an order, right? And the order is me putting it, hey, court, this is what I'd like to use pursuant to this code, blah, blah, blah. I want you to hereby restrain and enjoy um, the following. And this is throughout the state of Ohio, requiring any person in the state of Ohio from wearing a medical device, providing DNA samples, taking a person's temperature, requiring any vaccination, participating in contact tracing of any type or any other activity that would be considered participating in a healthcare system. And that's the one thing, restrain them, say you can't do it, right? And, and the thing is, is that I'm asking that he compel. So I'm asking an immediate order to be signed to restrain. That's, that's the order that I'm asking him to sign that order. Now, my verified writ goes into the detail where I ask him to compel the attorney general to do his job. So petitioner against respondents as follows. 
Governor DeWine be compelled to uphold the Constitution of Ohio that the governor swore to uphold and defend against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Governor DeWine be compelled to charge the Attorney General with the duties vested in him to enforce and uphold the Constitution of the State of Ohio by immediately ceasing any federal or state public or private entity within the jurisdiction and operating in the state of Ohio, compelling citizens of Ohio directly or indirectly to participate in healthcare data collection, healthcare services, and force provide healthcare information by mandamus of this court for an award of attorney's fees, costs incurred as a result of the action. Yeah, I want my money back. I'm not suing for money, but why not? I'm spending a shit ton of money doing all this shit and no one's paying me. I'm doing it out of pocket. And right now with this new order, my last contract is out the freaking window. So for that comment of that person saying, oh, this sounds stupid. You're just asking for a standing on it, but you want fees. Yeah, why not? They should pay me that I'm pointing out that they're not doing their job because they're getting paid with my tax money that I have to pay. So there, just saying. Now, it doesn't mean that it's, you know, perfect. I'm, I think I did okay, right? I think I did okay. But the thing is, we have to step up. You know, a lot of people are like, I don't know how to file. Like right now, I know the Louisiana group, I always talk about them, right? They're like all with their gavels. They have the little meetings. I know they're meeting and I know they're ready to file. And people are like, I don't know what to do. Like, should I do this? Should I do that? And it's like, dude, just do it. You have nothing to lose but time and paper and you're doing something. Now, in respects to this case, what I'm going to do is I know that there's a shit ton of groups out in Ohio that are writing like these uh, affidavits and filing them in the county. They'll be like, fuck your counties. Send it to the Supreme Court under my docket number. That's all we need. <laughs> because if you guys send all your affidavits underneath my case, stating how you've been forced to participate in the healthcare system and the Supreme Court is like, you know, what's my docket number? Hold on. It's docket number 1140, I think, right? 1140. Let me see. So my docket number is, yeah, 2021, uh, 1140. So my case is 1140, State of Ohio, ex-realtor, Terpsi Hori Maris versus Governor of Ohio, Mike DeWine. So if they all file their affidavits under my case, I received an email from my employer that I must, I, they're, they are compelling me to take a vaccine in order to have my job. I am being penalized for choosing my own health care under Article 1, Section 21. That is unconstitutional. Fuck. Done. Next person. Next person. Next person. And suddenly, my case is just, hey, here's the question, here's the law, it's pretty simple, and it's got thousands of freaking affidavits right behind it, because they all got emails, they all got letters, their kids, my kids are being forced to wear masks, and they're adding them to these, you know, uh, uh, quarantine contact tracing circles, I do not consent, oh, look, you mean they're compelling you to participate in order for your kid, which, uh, according to case law of Goss versus Lopez, you have the right to an education in the state of Ohio. Therefore, you file that shit under the Supreme Court. That adds some fire. That's what's up. You're the fuel. This is the spark. Now we get the fuel in to make this a roaring flame. 
That is all we have to do. You could say my tap, you know, I'm being uh, harassed by my doctor or they're trying to compel me or my doctor won't see me if I don't participate in their contact tracing. I can't go here if I don't participate in contact. You remember when they were taking people's names at restaurants and shit and their phone number? That's illegal. That's unconstitutional in Ohio. This is where everybody starts to have their say. Did you get an email and you're in the state of Ohio that you're losing your job? What about a letter, right? All you have to do is take that letter and don't worry. In the Ohio groups, I'll have a template for every possibility. If you're losing your job, here's the template of your affidavit. It's like five lines and you attach your fucking email and you're finished, right? You put your name in, you're employer and they compelled me use the word they're compelling me and they're penalizing me with not having a job this is it it's game over in the state of ohio it's game over there's no vax passports but i'll tell you what and i'm telling you this now the minute this shit starts to hit the fan and we've got a week so people getting better get cranking in the state of Ohio. It doesn't even take long. An affidavit is, hi, my name is Joe Schmo. I live in this area. This is my home. I am a citizen and resident of Ohio. My employer, Cleveland Clinic, sent me an email saying that I must be vaccinated or I will be terminated. Therefore, my employer is forcing me to participate in a healthcare system against my will and penalizing me with being fired. I, I assert my rights under the Ohio's, the state of o, the Ohio Constitution, Article 1, Section 21. Kind regards, Joe Schmo. Finished. Signed under penalty and perjury. Done. See exhibit <laughs> Q. Here's my employer shit. That's it. And you're done. And you're done. I just put the spark out there and I'm like, let's hurry up. Because you know what's going to happen? I'm going to tell you what happens. Legislators will now have an emergency meeting to change your law. They will amend it and add like an exclusion like they did for the, the, for the, for the um, government and for health cares in regards to Obamacare. They will come in there and they will fuck it up. They will put a, a, a little F section right? That says we're striking and we're amending to add, except in all of this applies, except in a pandemic. I'm telling you that now. Now you want to see why Ohio is going to get bloody. So what do we do? We move our ass. You get ahead of things by doing something. That's how it is. So for all of you out there that are in other states, I urge you go online. There's usually an online thing that has your constitution, right? For your codes, go to the uh, constitution, Find your shit. And you know where you should start? The Bill of Rights. Because I couldn't even believe that that shit was in the Bill of Rights. It was at the bottom. It was at the bottom. Right? It was at the bottom. I'm just saying. <clears throat> it was at the bottom. Me clicking through. Me clicking through. Right? You can find it too. I'm pretty sure. God has smiled on your states. You just have to be patient. See, preservation of freedom to choose healthcare and healthcare coverage. I mean, I think this is something the Republicans did. I don't know who wrote this bill, but like I said, I want to find out and thank them because this is saving us now. But I want you to know that the minute that the legislators try to strike your constitution because it doesn't fit what they want happen, there will be blood. This will get 
really ugly, really fast. So this is something that you should do. For I know that um, I know we're having a meeting in Cleveland on Sunday, so that's going to be awesome. I think Nick arranged it at one of our Greek places. Um, so we could sit down and I could tell you guys how to do this because now that it's a weekend, I'd like all of you to kind of like try to figure out where in your state this has been done. For those of you in Ohio listening, I seriously urge you to get that email from your employer, put it in a PDF format, label it as, label it as, you know, this. Damn it. Sorry. I was, my computer is really not being my friend right now. Okay. So what you need to do in Ohio is get that email, get that letter from your employer, put it in a PDF and put it to the side and then start crafting, crafting your affidavit. Affidavits are easy. Take my affidavit from, uh, from where I filed it, um, for the dominion case. Number one, you state your name. Number two, you state your, your place of residence. And, and number three, you state your job. Number four, you assert your rights. Uh, you know, number four, you state what your employer said. Number five, you state your rights, which is, I assert my rights under the Ohio constitution, article one twenty one, And then that's it. And then you say, see exhibit, whatever your email is as evidence that they are compelling me by way of um, uh, penalty to participate in a healthcare system against my will, right? <laughs> whatever. You could say whatever you want. I mean, even all my cases, they're not perfect. Why? Because they're not supposed to be. I'm pro se. Okay. No, no one expects you to be a genius. No one expects you to be a lawyer, right? No one expects you to have anything of this nature and knowledge. It is supposed to be all fluid and natural. You put it like it is. And then all you do is put that shit in an envelope with a cover sheet that says, please attach this affidavit to Supreme Court case 2021-1140, uh, you know, um, me versus Governor DeWine. And you're finished. Make sure you have a read receipt on that one because that'll save your fucking job, your life, and your kids' lives going after. So that's for the state of Ohio. For those of you in other states, I'm pretty sure there's a law like this somewhere. There's got to be in your constitution. And if there isn't, that really sucks. Because then it feels kind of like this. On a dark desert highway, cool wind in my hair. Warm smell of colitas rising up through the air. Up ahead in the distance, I saw a shimmering light. My head grew heavy and my sight grew dim. I had to stop for the night. There she stood. In the doorway, I heard the mission bell. I was thinking to myself, this could be heaven or this could be hell. Then she lit up the candle. Hotel California, you can never leave, huh? That's how it kind of feels. And this is the problem. All these people that felt like they were stuck they felt like there's no way out. 
They felt like they can't do anything. By the way, Kentucky, you're a commonwealth. So anyone in the Kentucky group or from Kentucky, I urge you to look at your constitution because Ohio and Kentucky have some special shit in there. Um, I want you guys to understand that nothing is impossible. You say it's impossible. You say it's impossible. If you have faith and you're among like-minded people right now, I know on Twitch, we've got about 3,500 people. I mean, Facebook, nobody really watches Facebook. I got what, 60. And today I was allowed to actually stream on uh, YouTube, which is surprising. I, I always try. And if they let me, I do. I'm on Trovo. I got Weemi. I got all the Chinese saying we don't have constitutions, which is funny. Um, and for all my people down in Brazil, because apparently now I, I I saw the first chat room. I didn't even know that in South America you guys were streaming and chatting while streaming. Um, they like the music. <laughs> and they like the fact that I drop that bombs. I'm really just hoping that it also opens your eyes. Just because the United States and Australia, my gosh, my heart goes out to you. I can't even explain that. But I want you guys to understand that there's always something. There's always hope. There's always that when you try it. And there's always got to be that spark that you can hop in, you know, to, to throw some gas onto that little spark and make it a roaring flame. The spark is just a spark. The flame is you. And that's how a storm brews too. You've always been the storm. Now, speaking of that, this morning I was uh, telegramming like crazy and <laughs> I was having a conversation with Kristen and uh, I was able to unlock my Instagram. Stop. It's like, what? So I reached out to her for, um, for two reasons. One, to let her have her own private viewing of a documentary that we've been working on. It's not completed yet. I was hoping that maybe tonight, late tonight, we'll have some finished product. There's still some fine tuning and maybe we could get it done over the weekend. But next week, at some point, I guess after I come back uh, from, the, from the funeral, because I will be away on Monday and Tuesday, and uh, Wednesday, I should be back because there's a morning service and then it's like a four and a half hour drive from Indiana. So um, I will um, I will hold a premiere. It's going to be free. I'm not you know, I don't charge, but we'll have it just on Twitch. So that way we can all talk about it in the chat. I won't be stopping and pausing during the, the documentary. I want us to just all watch it and um, I'll program it. Um, I wanted Rose for that reason, one, for a private screening, but I also wanted to see if she wanted to do some voiceover on something that she herself had talked about a couple years ago that was like, whoa. And she deserves that vindication. And it would be awesome if she wanted to do a voiceover on that portion of it. I know all documentaries that have been put forward and we're not talking about like sourcing stuff and having oohs and ahs with people. Um, and I was talking about Rose McGowan, by the way, 
Um, we're not talking about oohs and ahs and oh, this, that. You know, even the Shadowgate documentary or Out of the Shadows, right? Um, all of these documentaries have opened your eyes to, to certain portions of this reality construct. So Shadowgate opened up your eyes to, yo, your government's not really your government. And your intelligence community isn't really your intelligence community. It's a private company with a bunch of people like me that really pulled the strings of everyone. And we don't tell your generals what to do. We just give them limited information to operate, right? While we pull the strings and tell people. Out of the Shadows gave you an insight to just how horrific these people can be and how they treat children, right? You can, you can, you can appreciate that every single actual documentary has opened your eye to some facet of it, right? This one is going to tell you exactly what enjoy the show means. Now, when I say enjoy the show, you're going to feel, I'm going to tell you now, you're going to feel so duped. You're going to feel so dumb. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, this was all happening and I had no freaking idea. And it was right in my face and they were even talking about it and saying it. And I didn't even see it. That's exactly, that is exactly how you will feel when you see this documentary. So it will open your eyes to understand exactly what, uh, you know, enjoy the show really, really, really means because everything is planned. Everything. Everything to the T. Everything has been orchestrated like a fine Picasso. Well, I mean, not every, I mean, it's not that fine, refined, but you'll see. It's kind of sad because it's a global thing. So it will it will be something that people all over the world, because I can tell you that even though I knew it. Watching some of it, I was like, damn, so stupid. I missed that one. Or, whoa, how did I not see that? I do it myself. And I'm the person that usually orchestrates these things for a living, for years. So I'm just letting you know just how cohesive they operate and how much of a well-oiled machine this really is. I mean, it's, it's really, really, really disheartening sometimes. Now, uh, we had watched uh, Jennifer Carroll before when she talked about the quo warranto. Um, I wanted you guys to get educated on a writ of mandamus. Actually, if you remember, uh, this writ was actually filed by Sidney Powell uh, during the time of General Flynn's case, because the judge wasn't doing his job, so she was compelling him to do it by going to the court and saying, "I'm well," or something like that, or compelling him to actually do something. And so I wanted us to watch her because she's so well spoken on putting it together, and she says where you should use it and why it's important. And the question we have this week is, what do you do? when a trial court refuses to carry out its duties under the law. Uh, say like the trial court for whatever reason is refusing to conduct a hearing or the trial court has not uh, issued a ruling for it's been a year 
for example, something, you know, outrageous. What's your remedy for that? Well, what your remedy is, is to invoke the original jurisdiction in the appellate court, in the district court of appeal, for example, when you're coming from a circuit court, and you would file an extraordinary writ. The writ is a writ of mandamus. So it's important to understand exactly how mandamus operates, when to use it, how to effectively use a petition for writ of mandamus. It's because you're going to have, you have all sorts of problems, all sorts of issues can come up in a case uh, in the trial court at any time, uh, but all is not lost. So when you have non-standard issues and, and particular issues, uh, you can challenge them uh, at the appellate level. It's not necessarily an appeal. They don't call it appeals. You don't have briefs, but it's an extraordinary writ. So here we're going to talk about mandamus and what does that mean? All right. Mandamus is a common law remedy, right? It's used to enforce an established legal right uh, by compelling a public officer or an agency to perform a duty required by law. All right. So like other original proceedings, there's prohibition, cert. We'll, we've addressed some in the past. We'll address some in the future. Uh, you're going to follow rule of appellate procedure 9.100. That lays out a lot of the procedures uh, that you'll need to follow. And we'll go over that. But when talking about mandamus, one of the fundamental principles uh, for So I just wanted to point out, she's giving the example and walking through, um, say like, for example, my court case, right? Say I have a TRO, right? And it's sitting there and the judge refuses to rule on it, right? And he's just sitting on it and it's like, yo, what's up? Like, we're supposed to get on with it. And he doesn't do it. Then I file to a higher court and say, yo, you need to tell him to do his job, right? That's what it is. So my written mandamus can go to any, a written mandamus can go to anyone that is an elected official, use it in the courts. If you're like, yeah, I'm just waiting for the judge. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm no one's scheduled a, a hearing. No one's done this. It's just freaking sitting there. You file this extraordinary writ to tell someone to tell someone to do their freaking job, right? Or why you're telling them to do their job. This is basically it. So she's walking through step by step. This is for more for Florida people. But it's really important to just see the process because she's walking you through how you can compel a lower court to do something by filing in the higher court. Now, I went to the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court is the highest court of the land. And uh, Governor DeWine in the state of Ohio is the supreme leader of Ohio. And therefore, this has already been duped out in the courts before where some Supreme Courts of the state actually address the issues that citizens bring up against their governors. In fact, a mandamus was used in Texas for Abbott, you know. This is how you use these extraordinary writs to your advantage. Issuance of a writ is that the legal duty that you're talking about uh, of a judge, a public officer, a public agency has to be a ministerial duty, not it can't be a discretionary ruling with uh, the entity. Now, a duty or an act is defined as ministerial. Quote, when there is no room for the exercise of jurisdiction and the performance being required is directed by law. All right. So ministerial, that's what I was trying to say. I can't tell DeWine, hey, you need to apply law so-and-so like right now because I said so, 
or your lieutenant governor died, you need to put one in. He could be like, um, there's no set rule book. I can do whatever the fuck I want. So shut up. Right. Ministerial duty, though, on the other hand, is you don't have the right to think about it, alter it. You have absolutely zero jurisdiction to say, oh, yeah, you know, I don't feel like applying the Ohio State Constitution. So I'm a pass. You can't do that. See, that's the distinction. So mandamus has to relate to a ministerial duty that the underlying agency or court is simply not doing and they should be doing it. So you would do a petition for mandamus. If there is another adequate remedy, you need to use that. But if there is no adequate remedy, then you use the extraordinary writ of mandamus. All right. Now, and it, you know, administrative law, of course, and this is really what, what that requirement is going to, you know the doctrine, you have to exhaust your administrative remedies, of course, before going to court. Uh, so that's when that uh, principle will kick in. Um, private rights between individuals, legal obligations have no place in mandamus. Okay, that's just straight appeal. You have to deal with that uh, through your regular uh, course of appeals of a standard appeal for the most part, you know, depending on the, the individuals. And then that's another topic when you deal with the CEOs and certain corporations. Um, now, what are some examples? All right, well, I gave you a couple in the beginning. Uh, a court is refusing to hold a hearing that, hey, you, your client are perfectly entitled to, but the court refuses to do. That's an example. Um, one of the most common uses is the filing of a petition to force a public official to issue a license or a permit. Uh, so let's say your petitioner, you meet all the qualifications for issuance of a building permit. Uh, the appropriate government official has no discretion to deny the permit. So if it's a ministerial duty to issue that permit, mandamus is often used for that, for that purpose. Um, and now another use for mandamus is to test the correctness of an order determining that a court lacks jurisdiction. So you can have where the trial court dismisses a case claiming it doesn't have jurisdiction, but you're saying, hey, you know, I think I'm reading the law this way that, yeah, you do have jurisdiction. So you can do a petition for pandemus to challenge that. Um, other examples, uh, you know, you can compel a trial judge in a criminal case to grant a preliminary hearing to an accused. And I'll try to, we'll, we'll be uh, putting sites uh, also uh, as part of the, uh, our journal entries and on the website that supports uh, the mandamus petition. You can also do a petition for mandamus to uh, a trial judge to submit uh, to a jury the issues that are tribal by um, uh, a tribal as a right uh, by jury. Uh, you can also compel a trial judge to enforce a foreign state child custody decree, um, compel a trial judge to exercise jurisdiction, as we stated, um, and uh, compel a district court appeal to reinstate and it's erroneously dismissed appeal. So there are lots of, lots of examples and we'll try to cite, uh, cite some of them um, again with the, with this topic. Now, remember the trial judge is not to be named as a respondent in the caption of a petition for a writ of mandamus. Now that's important. You do that, you're going to get a kickback. Um, so even if you're directing it to a trial judge to enforce a ministerial duty, the trial judge does not get named. Now you can include it. You will include it in the body um, 
of the petition and you'll also send the judge uh, or the, the underlying agency uh, a copy. And usually how it works is uh, any of the parties to the proceeding that are opposing your petition, they can go ahead and respond, all right? And the judge can, but 99.9%, they're not going to get involved in that. Uh, but they, And they certainly have no duty uh, to respond to your petition. So that that's just a very key point because uh, you know, a lot of times people will include that and it's, it's not appropriate to do. So you want to avoid that. Uh, so initiating review, again, I refer you to Florida Rule of Health Procedure 9.100. Um, it tells you, you know, it's an original proceeding. So you don't need to file anything in the lower court like you do in a regular appeal. You file notice of appeal first in the um, uh, at trial court, and then that goes up to the appellate court. But because these petitions, uh, these extraordinary writs, really invoke the original jurisdiction of the appellate court. So you're going to file it directly with the appellate court, and the filing fee is typically the same as when you file an appeal. So I think for mandamus, I think it's still $300. Uh, an example, you, you double check, uh, but just like when you would do an appeal. Now, remember, too, there is no the time limit for a petition for mandamus. And actually, for many of the extraordinary writs, of course, certiorari, you've got 30 days. But, but generally, for the others, and we're talking about mandamus today, you don't have the 30-day time limit. But you still want to move in an expeditious manner because if you wait too long, the court may say, Dr. Malachis, we're not going to grant you relief. So keep that in mind. That's a so timing is everything. The writ of mandamus is now being used across the nation in order to speed up, in order to speed up uh, the process uh, for immigration visas. Ooh, what? Arizona has the exact wording in the Arizona Constitution? Well then, I guess the Tory says Arizona group has got to get busy, huh? You can copy mine, do a better job, because I put in shit that shouldn't be there. I did this in with the midnight oil because I was like, wait a minute, let me turn the tables this way because I know a lot of people are still filing these damn affidavits and I'm watching and I'm like, they're putting them in the county when they need to be putting them somewhere that they can make them work. So now I just gave them where they can make them work. So check your states, check your states. And if you're, and if you're thinking about a loophole, get into the Tory States group, uh, tell your guardian, your guardians can get in contact with someone. There's very few people that have my cell phone number. I know it's pretty much public record now, but if I don't have your name in my phone, I will not pick it up. So, um, it's really important that you guys, um, search every single portion that you could possibly do. So, um, <laughs> you can file this, you can use this because you know what? A lot of people are like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to do. And it's like, ask someone in your group. No one's going to walk you, uh, take your hand and walk you through it. It's not rocket science. It isn't. It really isn't. I'm not a lawyer. You know what I did? I read a book from 1905 called Michigan Law. I kid you not. I then found some old writ of mandamus that I was going to use as case law to cite, but I'm like, I don't need to argue it. The Supreme Court knows that's like insulting them. Uh, that says that I have the right to ask the governor. Looked at that writ of mandamus, copy, pasted, deleted, added, wrote my verbiage, used the law I wanted, and that was it. 
I'm a citizen. I'm not a lawyer, right? And I just look for stuff that I can actually use. Here's the thing. You can do, yeah, it's an old book called Michigan Law. It just had like a a section. I, I found it online. Uh, it had like, I kid you not, this book has to talk about Michigan law and it only had seven pages available on a preview and all seven were talking about rate of mandamus. Like, come on, seriously. So <laughs> I kid you not. Actually, um, I will post the link so you can see what I was reading. And it was so odd because it was only talking about mandamus against the governor. I, it was an article in the Michigan law review from June of 1905. I kid you not. It's called mandamus against the governor. Um, so that was so awesome because it was exactly what I needed to read. I read seven pages and, um, I tried to understand what it was saying and that was it. Uh, I read it and I was like, okay, bingo, I'm going to use this because uh, I could do this to my governor because I'm, it is a ministerial duty. I mean, he doesn't have discretion. You can't have discretion on applying and upholding the Ohio constitution because you fucking swore to uphold and defend it. And you're the one pissing all over it. So therefore the judge that's going to be looking at it won't ask me, well, what other remedies did you try? How am I going to fucking try them when he's the one violating it? I mean, hello? What am I supposed to say? Oh yeah. By the way, you up your, you swore to uphold the constitution. You're pissing all over it right now with these stupid contact tracing. You're pissing all over it right now by making me participate in this healthcare system. I, I can't, but now, now the judge can say, you know, she's right. You can't have this. He could say that parts of it is right. Parts of it is wrong. He could throw that whole shit out, but it's going to be really difficult to throw that shit out when there's a thousand affidavits behind it. One person has to put their name on it and everybody can go under it. So it takes one brave person to put their name on it and say, fuck it. I'm doing it. Let's go. And then you just chuck your shit right under it. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do because in the end, you're going to the Supreme Court. These people are making case law. He can't strike against the Constitution. And again, ministerial duty means that they have to do it. There's no wiggle room, right? This is a ministerial duty. If it's in your state constitution, this is a ministerial duty. There's no discretion. You're, the judge isn't stepping on the toes of the governor. He's saying, yo, the judicial branch is observing that you're that you are now being compelled to conduct and execute your ministerial duty, which is what? To uphold the fucking constitution of the state you swore to uphold. That's how it goes. And so we have to um, do something. If you're sitting there waiting for someone else to do it, like what? What are you going to do? How many of you are on notices with your work? You have anything else to lose? Yeah. One, you could just roll over and take the vaccine and that's it, right? And take your chances. I mean, they're really pushing it. Like you said, you unvaccinated are a threat. How? You're fucking vaccinated. That doesn't make sense. Pay attention. So... Come on to the Telegram group, find your state group. And yes, there is one for Canada too. Um, it's really important because these people, they run. They run away because they can't answer questions because they know what they are doing is illegal. 
It is illegal and unconstitutional and they're doing it and they're getting away with it because no one's doing anything. In the state of Ohio, there aren't even any fucking lawyers out there. I've reached out to three lawyers and they have been, oh, well, you know, it's so stupid. You shouldn't have filed pro se. You should have went, well, you didn't answer. You're always too busy. You know best. You haven't done shit for it. And mind you, now to all these Ohio attorneys, how the fuck did you not see this? And I'm not an attorney. And you're supposed to know this shit inside out. Let's stop right there. So it's really important that we all focus on doing things that matter. What? You're going to write a paper, print out the email from your job, stick it in a fucking envelope with a cover sheet and add it to your state's whoever was is 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 going to file the writ of mandamus first like come on like seriously do something or are you going to sit there and you're going to be like oh i know gandalf is going to come and save me no one's going to save you you think god's going to be okay with that i'm just saying you're god whoever he is he's going to look at you and you just sat there and just watched now many of you can't some of you are disabled right some of you are on fixed income Whatever it is, you can volunteer in other ways. I mean, all of us can print out a fucking letter, right? One page affidavit. I'm asserting my constitutional rights under Article XYZ, and I demand that my constitution be upheld. And you sign your name and you fucking send it. It's not rocket science. If you don't have a job and you're retired in this, you're still getting contact traced. They're still calling you. The CDC is calling you. Your medical records are now being put on a healthcare system and you're compelled to comply with it. The, the, the president supposedly has said that everyone's going to fucking comply with it, right? You're asserting your rights as a resident in your state. That's all you have to do. So if Arizona has this direct verbiage, I'll hop on to Arizona. We'll get talking. I'll give you guys my, um, I mean, my documents out there. Copy it fix it up, make it nice and tidy. One thing you want to do is make sure that you have it in a sense that it's just citizens. A lot of people like to use attorneys because attorneys make things easier and it's more professional. Fine. Just get an attorney to look at it. Right. Don't make it look perfect though. Right. You're only people and it's your freaking court and you have the right to use it. And no one's going to shame you because you're not perfect. I mean, I made a mistake and accidentally filed, you know, paperwork that wasn't supposed to be there. So, so what are you going to, oh, look at that. Well, fuck you. What have you done? Oh, oh, you're clicking and sending memes. That's great. <laughs> That's totally going to save us. Thanks. Oh, you didn't do it perfect. I don't see a signature. Yeah. I don't see you typing shit up. You're a loser. Thanks. So, you know, these are the way, you know, we have to respond to idiots that, that, that attack you for doing something and wanting to change. Why would you attack anyone that is attempting to file anything to try to save their state, their nation, their kid, their home, their job? You're supposedly on the same side. Step off. That's the way it goes. So <laughs> that's it. Now, I want you guys to see my amazing emerald here. And this is, this is a pretty, pretty nice hit. Take a listen. Oh, shoot. Gosh darn it with that volume thing. Today it's been a mess. Here we go. Robinson joins us now with more. Hey, Emerald. Hi, Jen. Well, who knew constitutional rights cease to exist when Joe Biden's patients 
runs thin. President Biden, who once said he would not demand vaccine mandates, doing just that today, saying that his patients with the unvaccinated was wearing out. President Biden, Biden announcing vaccine mandates for the full federal government, all government workers, including government contractors. Now, there is very limited opt-out options, and this does not include the opt-out testing that has been the, the practice for the last uh, couple months. The president's press secretary, Jen Psaki, uh, saying that government employees and contractors have 75 days to comply. If they don't, they face termination. As a part of their termination process, they'll be turned over to HR, well, where they will uh, be administered counseling to educate them on how beneficial the vaccine is. Also, the Biden administration targeting the private sector, sector via OSHA, mandate or uh, directing OSHA to mandate that any business with 100 or more employees mandate vaccines for their employees or uh, make them go through regular testing. What's interesting, though, uh, Stephen Jim, is that this comes on the same day that the Biden DOJ announced its formally announced its lawsuit against the Texas law that would ban abortions once a fetus's uh, fetus's heartbeat is detected. I tried to ask Press Secretary Saki today how what happened to the Biden administration's my body, my choice. Listen. All right. Thanks, everyone. What happened to my body, my choice when it comes to vaccinations in the Biden administration? And in 2020, President-elect Biden said he would not demand vaccine mandates. She didn't answer that back in December 2020. Then President-elect Joe Biden has suggested that he would not demand vaccine mandates. However, today saying that he's doing so in, in order to protect the vaccinated from the unvaccinated. But that is once what he said the vaccine would do. Jen and Steve. Unbelievable. Emerald Robinson, thank you so much. Thanks. Dang, Emerald is just spitting fire. She has, she asked the right questions. What happened to my body, my choice? What happened? No, no, we're gonna we're gonna exclude that. Wait, here's another nice little gem. There was a study that came out of Israel about natural immunity, and basically the headline was that natural immunity provides a lot of protection, even better than the vaccines alone. Um, how, what, are, what are people to make of that? So, so as we talk about vaccine mandates, there are, I get calls all the time. People say, I've already had COVID. I'm protected. And now the study says maybe even more protected than the vaccine alone. Should they also get the vaccine? How do you make the case to them? You know, that's a really good point, Sanjay. I don't have a really firm answer for you on that. Okay. So apparently if you have COVID, you're better protected than that. If you had COVID, you're better protected than those that were vaccinated. But so then why are they being mandated to be vaccinated if they've had COVID? Oh, yeah, I, I don't have an answer. The answer for that is we want you to be on the system. The companies want you to be on the system. Therefore, you will be on the system no matter what, no matter what. Now, as time goes, we're going to be seeing a few things. And like I said, we're going to have the documentary. But. On that note, it's Friday. Enjoy yourselves. Have a somber day tomorrow. I know there are many ways that you can protest by not participating in big store uh, shopping, uh, walking out of your business, and pretty much turning them all off. On that note, we will have movie night on Sunday, and those of you on Twitch, we're going to raid. God bless. 
Yeah. The Illuminati knows the answers, taking bone samples to clone rappers. But the artists in prison to silence their vision, genetic copies going home after. They look different, eyes shifted, smile missing, skin lifted, it's scientific. If they can't control you, they erase the old, you get your duplication to enforce their message. The clone Gucci, clone Kodak, cloned Eminem, he ain't raps his encore, know that. Cloning rappers when they overdose to keep making money from producing more tracks. The game is a sham, turning the artists who challenge to sacrificial lambs. The labels and devils are shaking hands, creating our artists and labs. The Executions have been televised, oh, they're on TMZ like a night. They take our heroes, give us weaponized clones. The revolution won't be televised. I can't be replicated. Copy the attitude and it changed, but no one will ever do me the same. I can't be replicated. Try to control me, then guess again. Rebellion lives in my DNA. I can't be replicated Duplicated Imitated Fabricated Eliminated No, I can't be replicated the system designed me to be a slave I'm the bitch in the matrix that can't escape I can't be replicated If they killed the rappers who were spitting truth They wouldn't have a messenger to reach the youth So they duplicate physically Implant abilities Replicate tattoos and cloning facilities Indie contracts say worldwide Label contracts say universal For all of time and all forms They own all your music, your image, your name, and your person <laughs> Weird, right? I know you don't think that it's facts But for 50,000 and a hair sample You can clone your dog or your dying cat It's another way for them to win the war By weaponizing important celebrities Don't kill your foes, just clone their gods Then you'll control all your enemies The executions have been televised Though they're on TMZ like a night they take our heroes, give us weaponized clones The revolution won't be televised I can't be replicated Copy the attitude and it changed But no one will ever do me the same I can't be replicated Try to control me, then guess again Rebellion lives in my DNA I can't be replicated Duplicated, imitated, fabricated, eliminated No, I can't be replicated the system designed me to be a slave I'm the bitch in the matrix that can't escape I can't be replicated You can see the difference in their face now Casualties of money and the fame Posing for the cameras with their fake smiles a clone of someone who they used to be I can't be replicated Copy the attitude and it changed But no one will ever do me the same I can't be replicated Try to control me then guess again Rebellion lives in my DNA I can't be replicated Duplicated, imitated, fabricated, eliminated No, I can't be replicated the system designed me to be a slave I'm the glitch in the matrix that can't escape I can't be replicated